Welcome to this week's look at the COVID-19 headlines from the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. I'm Elizabeth Tracy. Hello, Elizabeth. It's great to be with you again this week. And sadly, in the US, the COVID-19 picture still looks very bleak. More than bleak, I would say. Would you say that it actually looks worse now than it did at the beginning? From an epidemiological perspective, it's certainly worse. The things that concern me is that we are already now into this since March. Everybody's been at this heightened level of alert for many months. I think it's going to take a lot to sustain the resilience and resources of healthcare workers and also to keep the public engaged and committed to important public health strategies. In light of that, I asked you to talk today about a paper that was published last week in JAMA Internal Medicine, taking a look at this statistic that's known as excess deaths. That was a fascinating paper. In essence, had confirmed some of the observations in the context of our school. We're a school of 1,200 students and probably faculty and staff of around 350 when we stopped going into school, we have actually had nine deaths of family members, the majority of whom have been parents. And in some people would say, look, they're older, you know, it was expected. But can I tell you, just in my memory of being the dean over seven years, never in this cluster and frequency. So it really speaks to this, I think, the level of excess deaths. We know firstly that people are avoiding going to the hospital. And I read another survey that demonstrated that 40% of people in the US had used some form of homeopathic treatment to avoid going to the emergency room. And then we also know that many people in our population live with chronic conditions. So the fact that people are not attending primary care providers means that we don't have as close a vigilance of risk factors such as hypertension and cardiovascular disease. Particularly for many chronic illnesses, exercise is a very good medicine. And I think just the restriction of not going out and wearing a mask probably means that many people aren't exercising as much. One of the things that makes me a little bit more fearful of those data is that we don't really understand the pathogenesis of the COVID-19 virus. It would be awful to think that many of those deaths were related to COVID-19 because we couldn't recognise the symptoms. Yes, a very chastening article. I think as health professionals, we need to somehow make people feel more comfortable about re-engaging with the system. Several of the things I think that the paper points out is the fact that the testing was and remains substandard. It is not up to snuff. It's not as available as it needs to be. A lot of those excess deaths, they attribute to COVID-19. Also, it points to the variability between states. And right now we're seeing that same variability reflected in states that aren't reporting racial disparities, for example. So I guess one of the things I'm wondering about is, hey, are we ever going to all fess up and say, look, we've got a testing problem and we need to be more careful about the data. We're not going to understand this completely until we get accurate data. I think you're absolutely right. And I think testing in the United States, we have fallen very short. We've often talked, Elizabeth, about how in this world we're inextricably linked And many of us have a global orientation. So the fact that we don't have a single national strategy, that we have 
states with 50-plus strategies, and even within those states, many of the governors are not taking responsibility. They're leaving it to local government authorities with this kind of false belief that somehow you can put up a wall and you're going to keep this virus in. Yesterday, many of us are just devastated by the current administration following through with the threat of coming out of the World Health Organization. That adds another layer of complexity to how we're really going to understand data. What we know about infectious diseases is that the data drives the decision-making. Many of us despair in this rich country, which has revolutionised healthcare in so many ways. Individuals as citizens have to really stand up for the importance of coordinated public health strategies. And the final thing I would ask you to comment on is, I just saw today data from Sweden saying that, gosh, is that a warning shot for the rest of the world on the dangers of not imposing all of the public health measures that so many are railing against in this country? Looking at their deaths per capita, they are higher than they are here in the U.S. Many of us, and I think I've reflected on myself as a clinician, we've used our mental models that we've learned over our careers to plan our strategies. So this notion of let it go and, and herd immunity will come and we'll be in a better place. But that is the other issue, as we've discussed previously, that the zero prevalence is quite low. And even people that have had fulminant cases of COVID-19 months later do not have antibodies until we understand more about the virus. Until we have an effective vaccine, not just any vaccine. And we've seen this as people have rushed to get the tests done where they've not been accurate, where we've had false positives and false negatives. We just have to go very slowly. And there's certainly the virologists who had cautioned us at the beginning of the epidemic is that this is a coronavirus of a different type. We can't use our mental models that we have of seasonal influenza. On that note then, a rather sobering note, that's a look at this week's COVID-19 headlines from the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. I'm Elizabeth Tracy. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for keeping the spotlight on the really crucial issues. As we look at the deaths, as we look at those maps where the number of cases is increasing, it's really important for us to keep adhering to public health strategies. We also need to create mechanisms for people with chronic conditions to somehow interface with the healthcare system. Failing to come in a timely way leads to adverse health outcomes. So thank you, Elizabeth, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Be safe and well.